What's up, people? Hello, we are back. Ready to do it, guys. Almost back. As soon as I don't trip myself on my own wires. What's <laughs> oh, <no>. up? <laughs> we are back. Sight After Dark. Dan's new favorite band. Not Cephas. Just kidding. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> um, welcome back. Let's get the promo shit out of the way now. So... Thanks for being here. If you like the podcast, check us out on Patreon. Help us to keep doing this. We'll shout out your name. You get to help us pick what episodes we do. We will. And we do. you, you do. get uh, bonus content. So uh-huh. check it out for any amount that you want to give to us. It's a pretty good deal, I think. Mm-hmm. So um, that's we'll it. We'll take a quarter. We'll, t- we'll take a quarter um, of a million dollars. And um, listen to our music wherever you stream music, blah, 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 blah. So yeah, we're Side After Dark, this is Music Maniacs, and guess what we're talking about today? Horns. Oh, I was good. I was going to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're talking about drums. Drums, 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 Who drums. loves drums? Who doesn't love drums? You love drums? You don't love drums, you have no heart. Yeah, and definitely no rhythm. Yep, it doesn't beat, and you are dead inside. Yeah, you heard it here first, people. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so we're talking about the greatest drummers ever. Yeah. And by greatest drummers ever, we mean in the 20th century. Yeah, we definitely I- <laughs> more mean in the 20th century. It's you, you can't pick like the greatest drummer in the world. You don't know everybody in the world. And uh, yeah. I think it's like safe to say that probably the best drummers are probably not even known. Yeah, just like pretty much any other thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Like the best guitarist is probably just playing in a basement in Thailand somewhere <laughs> where nobody's ever going to know them. Exactly. And we don't really, I don't, I mean, me personally, I don't really know too much music before the 20th century. I know that Beethoven was kind of dope. Yeah, Beethoven was kind of dope. <laughs> yeah, Mozart was. You don't know Ridley Biddley in the 1830s? You don't know that, Dan? You don't know that good one? Oh, I forgot. Oh, man, that oh, was a man. hit. My bad. <laughs> I forgot my all my sheet music collection at home. Well, it's a good thing because the drums kind of don't really want to be the the modern drum set kind of doesn't want to be remembered before the the twentieth century. It kind of started to uh, yeah spread yeah. its wings around then. Right, as far as like a full like drum kit. Yeah, I mean, of course, of course, there's ancient drums from back in the times. Yeah, and yeah. In the days, of course, people were playing those. And um, I thought maybe you saw you didn't press record or something like. That. No, I'm just so super paranoid. If y'all don't know, we do all this, the audio, the video ourselves, and I'm, we don't have like somebody checking it, so I'm so paranoid that we're just talking to ourselves right now. <laughs> but I think we're good. If we're not, then y'all can tell us later. Yeah, yeah. But the, um, yeah, the drum kit, it's pretty cool because it started out like, you know, let's, let's bring it to the modern times, right? Like in the, yeah. the late 1800s, you know, yeah. the Civil War was done. The little drummer boy was sick and tired of being the only beat that, you know, the nation had. Like, he was sick of this shit. So he decided. So he went solo. He went solo. <laughs> so, um, and everybody that, I think the only kind of drumming was like marching band music. And of mm-hmm. course, you know, you know, going off to war or to death or to celebrate somebody's death or some type of war. Right. At that time. And then, and then the drum kit started building like right. little by little. It got a pedal. Um, people stopped doing, um, doubling up on one drum. They made a bass drum after. Mm-hmm. And then after you started having an influx of different, um, immigrants from different countries so they started adding things to the drum kit which right. was called 
calling it like the contraptions. And um, those for short were, were called traptions. And get this, in the early 1900s, you could have been known as a trap drummer. I love it. <laughs> All the best drummers are trap drummers. Everyone knows that. Oh, and by the way, there's definitely going to be some people that we forget to talk about during this podcast. Because sure. if we're talking about a whole instrument, yeah. there's only so many, like, it's, something's going to slip our minds. So tell us what we missed. Yeah. In a, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, write a comment. If you're listening to the, on, a, on a podcast station, then, you know, leave a review. Tell us what we messed up. Yeah. And maybe if we missed enough, maybe we'll come back to this someday. So definitely let us know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, um, yeah, like, so different things on the drums. Uh, the low cymbal became the hi-hat after, and then after you just, the drum kit from its modern knowledge is pretty much known the same way it is from around 1910. And then people just started changing drumming styles, and that's what began the quest by Side After Dark for the greatest drummer. For the pick of destiny. <laughs> I mean, the sticks of destiny. <laughs> Oh, they should do that movie. Oh, man. That would be a cool rock and roll movie. Sticks, <laughs> yeah, of, Destiny. Sticks of Destiny. He said it first. <laughs> Any producers or uh, Hollywood people? Oh, man. <laughs> hit me up. Um, but, okay, so who do we, what individual do we want to talk about first? We just want to go straight to art. Um, we can start with jazz drumming. Um, there were some, some uh, before art, there's like baby dots. People. Oh, <laughs> All right, go for it. And chick web. And those at that time were, those were like the beginning of, um, of drumming, of modern drumming. Baby Dodds was one person who was the one who played like with the low. Uh, and then someone came to see him and was like, hey, can you pull that up high and play it like that? And he was like, I reckon I can. <laughs> so then the hi-hat came about and he started playing with that. And, um, you know, uh, Chick Webb and uh, a lot of people like Alan, um, I forgot his last name, Alan Dawson. Those are the people who kind of founded the Art Blakely's and the, the, the people that come down the line. So we just want to make a, like an honorable mention to those people who kind of like yeah. change the game a little bit. Honorable mention to the people that are super old. Yes, Baby Dodds. <laughs> baby Dodds. I mean, Baby Dodds sounds like it's from almost last two centuries ago. Yeah, that sounds like some old school shit. Some really old school shit. For sure. But um, so the where I always, well, it's really interesting. I really didn't know Art Blakey too much until you brought him up to me one time. We did like um. What do we do? Like great and undisputed best drummers, drummers. of all time, or some yeah, shit. We definitely did check that out. Yeah, check that out on YouTube. <laughs> Side after dark. And um, damn, we're just a promo machine. <laughs> <laughs> Don't <laughs> stop. Uh, buy our t-shirts. <laughs> nah. Um, but yeah, Art Blakey was a jazz drummer who really set the template for pretty much all. All people on a drum kit going forward. Yeah. Like, you you listen to things that he was doing, and you hear other people from that era talk about him, and he's basically, like, he was doing these super, like, advanced drum techniques mm -hmm. before they were even known. Like, he was really basically inventing this kind of shit. Yeah. That, like, decades later, they would put out, you know, books, like, oh, advanced drumming techniques, drum, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it was all the kind of shit that he was doing. From before. And he already had just mastered that. Yeah, for you sure. Know? Yeah. Um, he came around the time when, like... Um, 
musicians were sick and tired of making music just for dancers. So mm. they were tired of just going like one, two, three, four. You know, there was like nothing in between because you had to watch the dancer and make sure that right. they landed on the beat and stuff like that. So yeah, like art came in, you know, with the fills and the yeah. syncopation and everything that you hear in like modern music now, whether it's jazz, rock, whatever. It's pretty super. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting to like think about it. So I guess, so I've heard, you know, I mean, jazz has so many like, styles but i've heard his style referred to as like hard bop or mm-hmm. like whatever <laughs> and we were talking about this in the miles davis episode like the bop is yeah. like it's really like it's pretty like fast you know there's a lot of like chord changes going on so yeah. he's able to you know do these like fast fills and all this stuff and like that speed and like the intensity that he played with yeah is really the foundation for so much going forward like yeah. you if you really want to go into it like he is almost laying the foundation for metal drumming yeah absolutely like, in whatever the 20s 30s like what time period would he really blow up i don't really uh, that was later that was in the 30s going towards the 40s 30s so 40s. it's like towards the end of the, of the war you know the swing dancing and stuff like that people are like i'm tired of this yeah let's bring some rhythm to the rhyme so yeah so filling in yep you know adding some more and it's like um people that may not know drumming like that it's just it's it's as simple well i don't want to say it's simple but it's as simple as it sounds in a way what a fill is is if you had a beat just like one two three four your drummer comes in and the one then the two three then the yeah. four like he does all of those things all the things that you love about drumming where you're just like damn music was kind of boring before they started doing that. Not yeah. really, but, you know, kind of. Well, not boring at the time, because you wouldn't have had anything to compare it to. Right. But that's the thing, is, like, if you were just in that, you know, pre, we'll call it pre-art mm-hmm. st- like style, and then you go and you see somebody like that, you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, this is not anything I've heard before. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people around his time, around, like, Art Blakey's time, like, when you saw a drummer improv or something like that, it, it like blew your mind because right. normally you're just used to them again, like keeping the beat. So if you saw him like do a fill or do something quick, it was just like, <gasps> like almost unheard of, like, right. you know, so that, that became one of the reasons why like he blew up too. Like, um, uh, it's crazy how the human mind just works like that. You know, right. like somebody along the ways uh, with the herd, uh, someone's at the beginning of the herd is just like, I'm sick of, I'm going to do like something else. They'll allow me, they'll let me do that. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just cool. Like watching like old videos of him soloing. So this is what I've noticed for like jazz soloing. So the left foot keeps the, the, the beat on the hi-hat mm-hmm. and then you're just going off. So like, you know what I mean? And you watch, you can watch old videos of art doing that. And it's literally like, it's so clear that that is the same thing that like rock drummers in the seventies were doing. Yeah. That it's like crazy. It's so, it's such an easy line to, to make. It is. You know what I mean? It is. But it, and it's so funny because like what, what makes it like seem like it's not an easy line is the imagery of both art forms of both mm. musical forms, right? You think about jazz, you think about somebody with a press shirt, with a suit on, maybe some cut, you it's know, highbrow. tailored. Yeah, very yeah. tailored. I mean, yeah, it, it's very highbrow, even though, you know, we know it could be very lowbrow on right. both ends, the musician and the patrons. Right. And, but then you look at the rock and roll and it's a bunch of long hair and it's right, like loose right. clothes and stuff like that. So you don't think that they have like any correlation really well yeah it's that also and then like i think the um the culture of it is so much different yeah that like too. at least in the perception of people like when people think of jazz what i'm saying like they think of like 
I said highbrow. I don't know if that's really the right word, but they think of like a like, you know like classier style. Yeah, more sophisticated. They think you're yeah. Yeah, more sophisticated, more technical. Mm-hmm. And then people think of you know rock, and it's like not even a lot of rock musicians don't even know how to read music or anything. They don't right. even have any music theory, so it doesn't. People don't think of it as like the same thing. Yeah. But when it comes to drumming, there it's such a clear line. Yeah. And we were talking about this also in the Miles Davis episode because this was something that we kind of realized as we were talking about it. Like, you're talking about rock, like, the big influences are from, like, the main influence of rock is blues music, mm-hmm. which is, was, you know, just, like, a guitar and someone singing. There wasn't really a lot of drums. Right. And then you have jazz, which is all this crazy drums. Mm-hmm. So then, as time goes on, those things kind of combine. So you have the blues guitars and the blues tones, but the thing in the back is not just the simple, like, rhythms it's like these you know more complicated jazz grooves yeah and that's when shit gets really heavy yeah that's when we get into like the whole fusion of the music and then a new type of music is actually born yeah. out of that which is yeah. like rock and roll are we still gonna do some more jazz or um i want to shout out uh max roach yeah definitely there's a good amount of them to shout out yeah there's so many this is what i'm saying like we're going to miss some so yeah. tell us who we who are the big ones that we miss we like, don't want we know people are going to come for our necks if we miss uh gene krupa who was oh, like was one gonna, of the greatest yeah. and then also uh buddy rich, buddy rich. They'll, they'll kill us if we don't mention those guys i was gonna yeah i was gonna get into them a little more because those two and it's really interesting seeing those two they literally used to do like drum battles on like late night tv mm-hmm. and you can see the difference in their styles yeah like buddy rich is so like technical and so fast yeah and he's doing all this like cross arm like crazy kind of shit yeah and um gene is a little more like stylistic yeah like he's more about like the feel yeah you know what i mean and it's really interesting to see you know the difference in those styles with two people that are like clearly world class at their instrument yeah you know and then obviously i mean oh shout out to uh the netflix documentary uh, count me in that okay. we watched <laughs> that we were like oh we should totally do a drum episode yeah because they were talking they had so many like rock drummers on they were talking about how like them seeing like buddy rich and gene krupa doing their thing or just like oh this is kind of cool yeah this is really intense absolutely absolutely you know? yeah and what i love hearing about the drum story like the drum lineage is like they all come out of a school of somebody like buddy right. rich and gene krupa are like well alan dawson he's the father of it all but then everybody who comes up after buddy and gene are like oh my gosh they're like our dads like right. you know they, they're all looking at them yeah it's yeah. like crazy also, shout out to uh, Buddy Rich for um, deciding to accept a drum battle with Animal. <laughs> who we actually have to shout out. We have to shout out Animal. We do. We do. Animal from the Muppets <laughs> has inspired so many, so many a drummer. So many drummers, like yeah, I guess more modern drummers are like he was. I was like, oh, that looks really cool. Like we'll <laughs> we'll get into it, obviously, but it's really funny how that happens. And apparently, he was based on Keith Moon. Yeah. But we'll get we'll definitely talk about that more in a little bit. Um, but yeah, Gene and Buddy really like I feel like they kind of were the standard bears for a little while. Yes. And then also like how popular they were as well. Yeah, because like that came along in a time too where it's like okay, so it's like rock and roll is being born slowly at that time, and it's like the war is over, and um, people can relax in a way, right? So kids that are like 17 16 15 years old they don't have to work anymore they can actually go to school and chill 
So now it's just like, well, what are their hobbies? What are their pastimes? And now like music starts to fuse and music starts to be created for that age dynamic, that age group. And like the way like drumming kind of like ushered in a lot of a rock and roll along with the guitar, of course. But like you had like in, in middle parts of America where you had the country western people and then you had like a lot of folk songs and then you had the r&b and the jazz influence and that kind of just merged into which is kind of like a rockabilly sound Mm -hmm. and that's like that's like the 40s 50s birth of rock and roll era so everybody kind of wants to get more on the beat and find you know things that are a little bit faster right and then and then yeah and in that vein and then you go into like the um like the Johnny Cash style of poot, 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 right? You know the what walking, I mean? that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the um, the train. They, there was a word for it. It was like the train. kind of. I don't know. I I, may, I might be making that up, but but there was a very specific style with that that you could hear and be like, oh, okay, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was boom, chicka boom, chicka boom, chicka boom, chicka boom. Oh yeah. man, I know <laughs> you what know you're what talking I mean? about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the song he played in the jail towards the end of the movie. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, it has that wrong. beat. It's like a yeah, it's like a rockin' country feel, and it's not like a herta. That's the only uh, word that I remembered from like drumming. But like, it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember shit. <laughs> Shout out to um, the Sam Ash in Clearwater, Florida. Though I got a free, I got a free drum lesson there once. Oh, just from like hanging around. I was like 12. The guy's like, you want to learn how to play drums? Oh. And it's it was it's cool because once you learn like the basic drum beat. You, you can do so much with it, and then you kind of appreciate more what other people are able to do with it. Because mm-hmm. the basic, like, dr- rock drum beat is, like, you got to cross your hands, right? This is the hi-hat, so you, one, two, three, four on the hi-hat, and then the first beat, bass drum, and then the third beat, then you add the snare, And that's like, oh, yeah. sorry, oh. <laughs> you're counting me in. Oh, <laughs> do you want, should we do it? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's really cool how like you can have like such a basic thing, and then like what really makes it yours is how you deviate from that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. that is really the standard rock beat, and most of it is you know built off of that. And then different people have their different like flair and like influence that you can put into it. Correct. But there is a notable exception. I don't know if we're skipping ahead here. You can uh, count me out here if I'm going ahead too much. But okay. for me, a notable exception to that that I think is Keith Moon. Yeah. Because Keith Moon, first of all, let's just say it. Keith Moon is a fucking psychopath. Or was a psychopath. <laughs> the dude is just fucking wild. Oh, he's pretty wild. And he played drums like nobody else that I've ever heard. Well, I heard he used to just take his pills in a fistful. Yeah. And just toss them back. So that kind of would... <laughs> Add to the mania just a wee bit. Just yeah. Just a wee bit. Ugh. I mean, he was crazy without any influence, I think, without any, uh, to be under the influence of anything. Yeah. But he was just absolutely insane. And his style is not really like the poots. No. His style was basically just fills on fills on fills that just never really stopped. Yes. And it, obviously, we're talking about Keith Moon from The Who. So this is from the like. Who? Or, <laughs> the what? <laughs> so they, who are they <laughs> so they're this this is early 60s again i don't know i'm probably skipping somebody i don't know if you want to fill in any gaps here but Aww. but when i think of keith moon i'm just like there is nobody before or really since that i've heard play like that and his style is just so insane 
yeah his style is definitely wild um and insane um the only people i can shout out um is probably like a tony williams who was like a teenager um in a miles uh miles davis uh, quartet mm. and that's only the, the only thing because they were like super young but when you've got um uh, i like the british artists a lot because they learned without any restrictions they just a lot of them just liked music you know what right, i mean right. so they didn't see any like lines or boundaries for the most part for all of them they just like liked music so they didn't want to not do that because it was somebody else's music and they didn't want to not maybe do it because it was like they had no reason they just liked sound right. and music and i feel like somebody like keith moon who's had so much influence like he can just do whatever the hell he wants to do and that's like and the no one's part. gonna stop him yeah exactly right. exactly he my favorite part about him is that he really plays drums like how his personality is yeah like if you watch any live footage of the who and you see keith moon not only is he doing all these like crazy faces but you can tell just by the way that he plays drums that he really is wild yeah he will sit still in a picture and you can read his whole personality like there's no lying in that artist in particular so that's that like that he was the drums like you know what i mean just all over the place up down like in out loud sounds heavy sounds like that just was him and a lot of people are the music or are the instrument and Mm -hmm. that's what made him kind of cool another guy is like neil pert uh from yeah yeah. rush who like you know it's so funny rush is not one of my favorite bands and you know i feel like musically they 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 can be a really great band i'm not too into their lead singer like i can't i can't do the voice i'm sorry right he loses me with the voice yeah but like the the riffs and stuff like they had and like neil neil's drumming was just like insane because he besides playing incredibly fast yeah changed the beat from landing on the one to anywhere he wanted to put it like mm-hmm. you know what i mean so like and he constantly would have just uh fills after fills after fills as well that you can't even like pick up because they're just going and going and going and right, going right. you know so it's like you feel like his drumming behind all the other artists is just like one continuous sound like sometimes it doesn't have breaks but then it does have breaks and then you realize that they are breaks and you're just like wow how do he break so fast and how do i feel it but still didn't kind of pick it up at the yeah. same time like yeah. that that was the beauty of that artist i think i think so i yeah 100 and there's always a debate like who's better like neil or john bonham mm-hmm. we'll get to john obviously john is the greatest but i want to talk about just for a second like how important the drums are in any band Mm. because this is something that i never really understood until i played in bands myself but the drummer you can't do anything without the drums really i mean get the drummer some you gotta get the drummer some because in any kind of music that you're having that has a drummer the drummer not only sets the tempo but the drummer is basically like if a band is a building the drummer is the foundation. Mm-hmm. Like if the foundation is off, your building is going to be fucked up. Yeah. It doesn't matter how you know pretty the windows are or like maybe you know you have some nice countertops or mm-hmm. whatever. It doesn't matter. If the foundation is shitty, you're not going to it's not going to work. Yeah. So sure. like the whole the motto or the saying or whatever is you're only as good as your drummer. Mm-hmm. And it's 100% true. Yeah. Because everybody could be completely on, but if the drummer is off, it's not going to sound good. <laughs> I mean, I thankfully have not heard any horrible drummers. You know what I mean? There's some people that can't play the guitar too right, and some people who play other instruments like a horn or any wind instruments that can't play too right. Yeah. But I've never heard a drummer be off. Because they won't make it. (laughs) And I'm not even saying that to talk shit. I'm just like, if you're a drummer... 
Let's talk about the Beatles. Okay. This is a perfect example. So they, so the Beatles obviously were a big deal. Yeah. I don't know if y'all knew that. <laughs> the people listening at home, they're they're um these four lads from Liverpool. I might have heard of them. And um, so they were a band for a while with their drummer. Fuck, what was his name? Like Pete Best, mm-hmm. I think. Or that wasn't the other guy, right? Yeah, because yeah, there was this other guy that uh, died. Was it like Stewart or something? I believe so. I'm not into Beatles. Yeah, yeah. I think it was, so Pete Best was their drummer for a long time, and he was, by all accounts, not very good. (laughs) (laughs) And he got replaced by a guy named Ringo Starr, who we should also shout out, because he's not like the craziest technical drummer, but his parts are very unique. Yeah. And they do, he really was the perfect drummer for that band. Yeah, absolutely. Not, again, it's another thing of like the drums, like the personality showing through. Like he is clearly like kind of a goofy guy. Yeah. You can even see just looking at like his face. He's kind right. of a goofy guy. From then to now, yeah. And his drum style is kind of like happy, like goofy. Mm-hmm. And it goes really well with what the Beatles did. Yeah, because the Beatles kind of pull things out of left field all the time. They're kind of mm-hmm. quirky. kind of, And I feel like he was definitely connected to the band. So no, he didn't have to be the superstar of the group as right. a drummer. He, he fits just fine. But what I'm saying is it's not a coincidence that they got huge once they got rid of the drummer that wasn't that great. <laughs> because it, it just doesn't matter Pete how Worst. great the rest of you... What's his name? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Damn. Sorry, Pete. Oh, he did it. You should have practiced more, buddy. <laughs> uh, but um, that's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't matter how good everybody else is. You could have the greatest songwriters in the world. You could have the greatest guitarists, singers, harmonies. If the drums are not good... Nobody's going to want to hear the music. Yeah. The drums are what make you dance. The drums are what make you get up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's so important to think of for all these people that the success of all of these bands could not have happened without them being that good on the drums holding it down. It's so interesting to know. And it's just like, I, I, we got to give drummers love and stuff like that. I found out two ways to annoy a drummer. Do you want to hear? <laughs> Do it. Okay. First way is at the show to give the drummer eyes the whole time. And then when the drummer walks over to you, you talk about how good the guitarist is. Uh, <laughs> yep, yep. The, <laughs> the second way to annoy a drummer is to tell him that you've gotten really good and you've been learning the drum and you learned it all on drumming software and <laughs> <laughs> nowhere else <laughs> i mean yeah that's the best way to learn right <laughs> it is <laughs> i dare you to tell us different yeah <laughs> Oh man, yeah. So so yeah, drums are just massively important, super underrated for people that don't actually like really understand like how you know music comes together. Yeah. Um, and so it's really cool how that goes, and it kind of like what you were saying um, with the British people. It's just really interesting. Like when you look at the history, it's like this weird like bouncing back and forth between America and Britain. Mm-hmm. Like the blues and the jazz comes from America over to Britain and then the British people do it and they add their twist to it and they send it back to us and then we just eat it up and, yeah. then, and then it just all gets bigger and bigger and bigger. That's and awesome. It's, it's very like, um, there's a lot of synchronicity in that way. It is. You know? It is. It is. Definitely for sure. It's like, you almost feel like it's like, oh, did you hear that? And it bounces back and it's like, oh, is that what you got? Well, right, we right. got, right. Yeah. And it goes back and forth. And like musically, 
um we're still in like cahoots with the british you know we still kind of bounce back and forward you know more than anyone else for sure more than anyone else and um our classic but our classic british people seem to have been like is what they say like kicking dust which is like you know really like riding high on the range for like 40 years plus yeah i mean the ones that are at that level yeah they're they're like our like how people constantly remember beethoven and mozart like tchaikovsky like 500 years later 600 yeah. years later we're still talking about john bonham like yeah, you yeah, know yeah. one of well if not my favorite him and art blakey are like my favorite drummers like yeah. ever because like that made me feel when i first heard these 100 percent. and i'm i definitely want to get to bottom soon but there's some for some other people i want to shout out okay. um before um so yeah we're talking about how the back and forth between america and britain really shaped the music and another person in this 60s area era that really came back with that really sent it back to America with something else was a guy named Ginger Baker. Woohoo. All right. So he he was he had such a powerful style. He came straight out of jazz. Like mm-hmm. you just plucked the jazz drummer out and was like, okay, put on some psychedelics and just go. And he's like, okay, yes. I can follow these guys. I love the mania of Ginger Baker. He's more, he's the crazy of Keith Moon, but it's internalized and put into his music. Yeah, he's not as outwardly just right. like wild. I mean, he's still wild. He's crazy. Yeah, yeah. definitely. There's stories. But Google. he wasn't blowing up toilets and shit. No, no. <laughs> At least not that I know of. He wasn't a character. Yeah, yeah. He was wild. He was a wild man, but not a wild man and a wild character. Like, right, right. You know. I know what you're, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But he was he was just crazy cuz yeah, he took the um the jazz and he, like, well, Cream is really what we're talking about here. His band in rock and roll. And Cream was one of the heaviest bands out at the time. Yeah. So he really, it's like we said, like, how the, the intensity of the jazz drumming really influenced, you know, harder rock styles. Mm-hmm. He was, like, really one of the best earlier examples of that. Yeah. Because his style is straight jazz, and he combined it with the hard guitar and the bass. Blue of, sounding of, like, Clapton. Exactly. Really. Of Which Clapton. Which is crazy. Yeah. And, um... Wow, why am I blanking on the other guy right now? <laughs> Holy shit, I feel dumb. <laughs> we blank at the same Who time. Who actually sang and played bass at the same time. Fuck. Sid Vicious. <laughs> yeah, Sid Vicious from Cream. He was always killing it. <laughs> the greatest bassist Cream ever saw. Um, yeah, I guess um, drawing a blank is not easy because <laughs> I'm drawing one too. But um, yeah, I feel like the blues of Eric Clapton, that hard sound and... Um, Eric who? <laughs> um what you would call it isn't that weird how that makes for a different type of rock and roll it's like you have these elements of music of kind of like soul uh music post-slavery music and even like almost uh slavery music and they you, all you need is like a d- distorted guitar right or something like that and you just like put it together and it makes its own thing it's like permutations in math like right and stuff right right and it's just crazy yeah, that's what. Yeah, it's it's just so cool to see how all these different influences like come together to create something new. Yeah, and that's really what we're talking about here with all this, because all of these drummers, they all it's not like they exist in a vacuum. Right. They all are influenced by people, and they all influence people after. Absolutely. You know, so it's cool to see how that goes. But I'm trying to think, who else from the '60s do we need to shout out right now? We shouted out Ringo. We shouted out Keith. We shouted out uh, Ginger. Mitch Mitchell with that play with Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. He was, he played That's a fun, awesome. Now, I love the drums in that. I honestly love the drums in that. Sorry. I'm 
dipping out. <laughs> I'm dipping out because I have to know who I'm forgetting in Cream. Was it Jack Bruce? I was about to say, yeah. Did I get it? I'm like, who sang Sunshine of my yeah, yeah, yeah. Who sang Sunshine? We knew it wasn't Clapton. All right, save your hate. We got it right. We got it right. Yeah. All who, right. Okay, yeah. So who else? I mean. So we're saving my favorite for like the crux of this uh, broadcast, I guess. JB? Yeah. We're getting <laughs> That's what we there. know him as. JB. I'm trying to work up. We're in 60s, so we're real close to that. We're 60s. We're holding we're off on you guys. so close. So we're talking... Um, Hendrix. I mean, we can count so many other drummers in. Like, what about the Motown drummers? Like, what in the world? I mean, yeah. that's not rock and roll. That's R&B. And that, like, those steady rhythms, like, they pulled people through, like, some perilous times on top of that. Yeah. You know, um, you had so many artists that um, not just played with Motown, but, like, people like Chick Corea. Those people came around in the, like, 60s mm. and started out with new sounds. Those people played with, like, Miles Davis. And, I mean, those sounds are great, too not just for the birth of rock and roll but actually the avenue that broke through the blues because we kind of got to veer off right we go forward and we go for a fork in the road which is one is mm. rock and roll and the other one's kind of like r&b funk soul you got right, sly right. and the family stone you got james brown and his drummers you got all these wonderful sounds of the 60s as well Shout out, fuck. I should have, I don't remember the name of the guy with James Brown that has like the most sampled beat ever. Yes. You know, we remembered his name when we actually did our drumming video. Yeah, no. Check that out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, I guess that's kind of the problem with just doing a podcast for an hour when my phone is being used to record the video. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But yeah, shout out to the funky drummer with James Brown because he basically, he set the template almost for hip hop. Yeah, absolutely. Going Another forward. form of music. Clyde Stubblefield. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out to Clyde. Shout out to you, Clyde, and your legacy. Yeah, yeah. There's so. I mean, he's he's been sampled so many times. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Now that's a drummer for you. Like you know, I mean, that's just insane. And at the same time, too, like music was so great. Um, I saw somebody say about music that. What changed music to now times where you, you know, how you can look in the before the 60s and, and the 50s and the 60s and 70s and see so much innovation and stuff like that. It's um, music became more of a competition and mm. you kind of lose the artistry and the art form when you're like, well, I, oh, your, your technique is, uh, well, I can play faster you know right right or or, you know oh he's got this kind of song i'm gonna make that kind of song too i'm gonna make it like five minutes longer or five minutes shorter right you know so you're losing that beauty of just like a nice like fresh sponge ready to soak in like everything and then create everything as well um because that sponge is just constantly thinking about being like the other sponges as opposed to just honing in on themselves right not worried necessarily about the creation as much as the competition. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once again, video kills the radio star. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the time. Okay, so I'm going to springboard off that to go to what we've been waiting for. In my opinion, the, the GOAT drummer, the greatest of all time, Mr. John Bonham. He played with this band you may have heard of by the name of Led Zeppelin. This is all of it. This is why I I call him the goat. Uh huh. Because we're talking about like we go back to art, right? 
And we're talking about he was doing all these crazy like fills and shit that nobody else was doing at the time that really like cemented like what jazz drumming is. Mm-hmm. And Bonham could do all of that kind of stuff. And like with the same, like the speed and like right. the creativity of it. Yeah. But the difference with him is the amount of power that he was able to do yes. it with at the same time. Yes. Like yes. his the speed was at the same level, but the power was just like twice as hard. Right. We're and talking about a stocky guy. It's fu- like he literally, I don't know if this is like insulting, but like he plays drums like he's a fucking construction worker. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he <laughs> fucks the drums up. Yeah. And I don't even like I watch videos of him and I listen to him and I still I just don't even know how this is possible. I just feel like every time I'm watching him, it's like, I feel like the drumsticks look so small and his hands look so big and the drums themselves look so small. You ever see Shaq drinking a water bottle and like the water bottle looks like it's this big? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, and he looks like he's playing so light sometimes. You know, a lot of times when you watch uh, Bonzo, as we're calling him now, like you watch him play, he looks like he's playing so light. Yes. But what lets you know that he's playing with a lot of power is his lean into the pedal you could tell he's like stomping on it yeah yeah that's the thing that just it's so it's still so mind-blowing to me in the present day like looking at his him and what he would he, what he did that he can play with the speed and complexity but play it so hard mm-hmm. that it's like i feel like his his wrists were as strong as like my legs yeah you know what i mean like he doesn't even look like like you said, you can't really look at it. It's not like he's ah, like right. you know, like Dave Grohl. Like I was about how to say, like Dave. Yeah, he j- he'll just be, but it'll be, but it'll be so loud. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like other people like literally could go and play his same exact kit, and it just would not sound anything like it. It doesn't sound the same. I mean, um, I think Jason Bonham Bonham is a phenomenal drummer, mm-hmm. but he doesn't sound like his dad either. He yeah. doesn't sound exactly like him. It's a different type of hit, a different type of power. And John Bonham plays with so much soul. It seems like he knows exactly where to hit on the drums to kind of touch you, mm-hmm. like, you know, as opposed to just keep the beat and for you to say like, oh, that's a cool beat. It's like he's saying something with his drums. Right. Like, you know, it's like he's singing with his drums. So that's what made it kind of cool. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. There's, there's just, there was just something special about him. Like everybody that knows anything about drummer drumming knows that there was something about that guy that was just special. Yeah. Like there's no drummer in the world that doesn't know who John Bonham is. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I could say that pretty confidently. I think. <laughs> like if you've ever held a drum drumsticks and played a drum kit, you know who the fuck John Bonham is. Yeah. You like, should. I just don't. Uh, it's just crazy. Like to to not. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But absolutely. Oh, another thing I just remembered. I wanted to go back to Keith for a second because most drummers, um, they sync up with the bass player in the rhythm section. But what Keith did is he based his parts on the guitar mm-hmm. and like the vocals, which kind of made the drums a lead instrument. Yeah. Which you could only do because your your bass player was like one of the greatest bass players also, and mm-hmm. he can really hold it down. Mm-hmm. But I got to go back to that because that's just as influential as his like you know, all fill kind of style. You know what I mean? For people to think of it in a different way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm just thinking about his relationship to, um, I had some like song flashes in my head just now as you were talking. I'm just trying to find him and Roger singing together and him and Pete. Uh, they really made for a great band. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like, um, now, like when I hear like, let's just say a simple song, like, Oh, we won't get fooled again. Mm. Like you hear Roger sing out and then Pete, sound i mean sorry keith sound is kind of like you know when you have like a little dog or like a baby in the background and it just makes a whole bunch of sound because you did like yeah Yeah, you know wants to mimic you like like you know but in a good way and that's like that's really cool about that too yeah 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 
And then also shout out to John Paul Jones for for, for keeping it, you know, holding it down with with John Bonham. Yeah, because the two of them are just uh, they're just uh, yeah they're great. Great but rhythm section. You probably already know that. <laughs> if you don't, go listen to some Led Zeppelin like right fucking now. <laughs> if you don't know, you better ask somebody. Yeah, for real. Um, I want to also give a shout out. Seventies. We're talking about the seventies. Um, let me give a shout out to that cute little drummer, Terry, Terry Bozio. <laughs> what a guy. Yeah. Who we just like are getting into depth with now from being with the Frank Zappa band for many, many years and is still alive and kicking. Um, they said at one point, Terry Bozio's drums were the size of a Range Rover. Like, I believe it. Because, <laughs> yeah, kid. he would have it all tuned to different notes. He would literally play it like an orchestra, like like every, like he would play melodies on the drums. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is crazy. Yeah. It just like, you know, um, we do a lot of uh, reaction videos on our YouTube channel and lots of Zappa videos. Mm-hmm. And we can see what Terry does and like just the rhythms of it and like all the different time signatures. Yeah. And how it's, the music can just be so wild, but he just holds it down yeah like he never wavers he hones right into those hits and those bangs like 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 anybody should yeah and he also his stage presence is wild Mm -hmm. like he's he's a crazy guy yeah you know and i gotta say like this has just been my experience from like bands that i've been in and like people that i've known most of the time the drummer is the craziest member of the band yeah because you kind of have to be to be able to play because this is the thing i think about this all the time like I can pl- I'm not very coordinated as a person. I'm not very athletic and I could not play drums because I just it's your whole body has to be in sync. Yeah. Arms, legs. I can play guitar and it's just this. I it's I can do small exact motions. <laughs> but when you're talking about all this coordination, it's right. very it's a very athletic thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? You really have to have a crazy amount of physical like prowess and energy mm-hmm. to be able to be a good drummer. Right. So if we like pushed a drummer on a banana peel and then threw lots of things at him, he'd probably be able to catch with his hand, hand, leg and shoulder. Well, honestly, probably <laughs> because even you think about like the, the stick, like the stick twirls yeah. and like the throwing the sticks up and catching it like all in time, which like so many drummers do now. Yeah. Like just that's crazy. Like I could never do that. I just I would drop the sticks trying that out on Questlove for some reason. Well, I definitely want to shout out Questlove later. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. So I just want to give a shout out to that because drummers are always pretty wild. Yeah. <laughs> um, I tried to, I Googled like, um, like top questions about drummers. And the first one was just like, why do drummers make so many faces? Cause they're crazy. Oh, to me, I never really noticed it. I feel like you are feeling the music. Like you, it's like in your body. Cause you're actually hitting something and the, yeah. the, the vibrations coming back to you inside your body. Like not just your fingers and not you just shooting out with your voice. It's like something hits you. Like if you ever batted something like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the vibes come right back inside you. Right. Right. So of course you're going to naturally like make faces and all stuff like that. I, I never even saw it as a thing. I just thought it was just part of it. Like the, the same way a guitarist just stands like you yeah. know what i mean like so yeah that's interesting and then i also want to shout out i've talked about this many times but drummers that can drum and sing at the same time wow it's so fucking crazy to me because yes. that's literally your entire body that's both arms that's both legs that's your core that's your throat like that's everything yeah so yeah. so the two that i think of the most is obviously don henley mm-hmm. from the eagles 
which I'm not really going to shout out his drumming too much. It's <laughs> pretty basic, all things considered. I like the Eagles and everything, but... Yeah. And then Phil Collins. Phil Collins. Who we definitely got to talk a little more about. Yeah, definitely. He basically... Obviously, he was in a band called Genesis before the 80s, mm-hmm. but he basically created the whole drum sound of the 80s with one drum fill. That's crazy. And people were like, I'm putting that in my Casio. <laughs> That's what's going to like, happen. I'm sampling that. <laughs> And that was, it's it's so crazy to think about it. Like, that's got to be the most famous drum fill ever. Yeah, definitely got to be. And it was so influential for the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's so 80s. It's so 80s. It's so <laughs> 80s. But you but you have to respect it. Like, when you listen to that song, you're like, oh, this is, this is it. Yeah. This is the spark. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, and he could sing so great while he could play the drums so well. So amazingly. Yeah. What an artist, a true artist uh, Phil Collins is. That's for sure. And I also really like his drumming style. I feel like it used a lot of like toms mm-hmm. and like a lot of um, things that you wouldn't normally expect at certain places. Mm-hmm. Like, um, what's the song? I don't care anymore. Yeah. Like the, the way that he uses like the toms and that, it's like the whole beat is on the toms. Yeah. You know what I mean? He doesn't really have to rely on the snare. Are you talking about I Can't Dance? No. No. I like no. I Can't Dance. So. Uh, <laughs> that was good too, but. It's <laughs> got some cool, the drums aren't too fast on that one, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. pretty, pretty almost um, digital too, but. True. Yeah. But the, the, they're good though. <laughs> yeah yeah so big shout out to the singing drummers as well yes who's who's our most unknown known singing drummer he never sang and drummed at the same time or is it dram i'm just kidding he never <laughs> sang and drummed at the same time but um he's somebody we know and somebody we like that you'll never guess it's iggy pop i never knew he was a drummer he played drums he played drum in his that. band before uh um with these guys well zappa was a drummer first as well oh really we got a lot of hot hidden people did you know dave grohl was a drummer before he was a lead singer who's that <laughs> you never heard of him <laughs> <laughs> yeah well this is a kind of a side thing but it's so interesting to think because like I mean, obviously, you know, recorded history only goes back so far, but drums have to be the first instrument. I mean, the baby plays the drums on his high chair. Yeah, like, like that has to be the first thing that was created to like, oh, let's make a beat. Yeah. Like, it's the most basic thing of music. Like, yeah. Like, to be able to think of, like, inventing a guitar, like, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, the strings, you sit her at a certain point, and it makes to this note, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But for drums, I mean, it'd be thousands of years ago, somebody picks up a stick, and it's just like... Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, had to be that. Drums got to be the first instrument ever. So shout out to drums, just like for the (laughs) evolution. That was for drums. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Just for like the evolution of like humanity and music, really. Yeah, yeah. So I got to say that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Next, I want to shout out somebody that was um, one of the first to really make the rock and reggae um, fusion really work. Uh huh. A guy named Stuart uh-huh cope land what Whoop. this man's so good so good Stuart copeland oh man he was for y'all that don't know he was in a band called the police they did pretty well mm-hmm. they had this other guy in the band that he's all right too his name is sting he's yep. pretty cool <laughs> um but Stuart copeland like i don't mean to talk shit about anybody else in that band but he made that band. Oh my gosh. Let's be real. Talk about the syncopation. Yeah. Like so amazing. He refused to hit notes where you want them to be. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? And like, if you put, this is exactly what I'm saying about your band only being as good as your drummer. If you put 
I don't want to say any other drummer because obviously there's other great drummers that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But if you put a more basic drummer in that band, that band is not going to be nearly as good. No. Like you think about the beginning for Driven to Tears. It's Mm -hmm. like the bass didn't even start. And it's just like flap, slap, slap, slap. Then the bass comes in. But it's like the the drum already had you like, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? No, I just love his style. I love his his hi-hat work is great. Yes. And it really just... You, it really just sucks you into it. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't know. I, I really love that guy. He's definitely one of my favorites. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've come to like him more that like I've uh, actually gone into music and appreciated music more because, you know, growing up when you're small and you're watching music, you put the cameraman or whoever marketing people put certain people in the front. Right. And it's only until you start like awakening to music itself that Mm -hmm. you're just like oh well who's that drummer what's he doing back there i really like the bass sound i really like this compared to just the person that's like in your face right and that's why i had to say like huge shout out to the drummer for really like making the band happen Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because they get underrated so much because they they tend to be in the back of the stage and then you have like the guitarist and the singer like up front and you know, mostly the singer gets most of the attention or like the guitarist if they're crazy good. Yeah. You know what I mean? But a lot of the time the drummer doesn't really get that love, which is why you got to say like give the drummer some because mm-hmm. people don't people don't appreciate the drummers like they should. Right. And it's honestly, it's kind of sad sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I love a good drum. Yeah, you got and to. And a good bass. You That's got to. true. All right. So, I mean, I mean, we're we're going over so many. We're in 70s. We're in 80s, kind of. I mean, we've got to shout out Bill Ward a little bit because I really like him a lot. Not only did he get painted gold and nearly die for the cause of drumming, (laughs) but he is one of my most favorite heavy hitting drummers ever to have existed. Absolutely. Bill Ward from Black Sabbath. Uh huh killing it yeah all the time you know and he he pounds the fuck out of those drums yes he is that shit hard yeah that's some good time drumming yeah 100 percent. i know uh it's just it's funny because i know there's so many people we're gonna think of after this like yeah. oh my god i can't believe we didn't say them but exactly. it's like we're it's this is a very stream of consciousness thing we're doing here it's called conversation <laughs> so we might miss a few things you know we just might but yeah who else i mean this i'm gonna shout him out not necessarily for technical skills but just for influence i want to shout out uh tommy ramon Mm -hmm. because so the ramones are generally considered to be like the first punk band yeah like proper there was a lot of things before that are like obviously or you look back at it now and it's like that's clearly was punk music Mm -hmm. but they were the first i guess to be like really marketed so much as that yeah and it was really funny like the story with the ramones that makes me laugh is that tommy ramon was their manager originally yeah and they were trying out like different drummers and he would sit in on the drum kit and be like, no, you have to play it like this. Yeah. And then eventually they were like, well, you clearly know how to do this. So why don't you just do it? <laughs> he's like, oh shit. All right. And like, it's really interesting to me, like punk music, because it takes all these influences that we were talking about, but really just boils it down to the most basic thing. Yeah. Like instead of all this crazy, it's just like hi-hat. Like, just playing as hard and as fast as possible. Correct. And it's not about the technicality of it or the, um, you know, virtuosity of it. It's just about energy and speed. Yeah. Yeah. I like those classic beats and stuff that just um, that just stay with you 
and are always constant kind of throwbacks to yeah. back then because i love even um some downtown music i call it downtown manhattan type music which will have like a 1950s slap to it like the same way like rock around the clock kind of sounds but you'll hear some artists from like you know uh manhattan <laughs> or some hipster type artists and their music has that to clap to clap and yeah, you like yeah. love it still to this like there's certain things that right that the drummer does like that just don't get stale Ever. And it's it's almost like surfy, yeah. In a way, like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. That's awesome. Um, I don't. Okay, so now I guess we're kind of in the eighties now. Who else did we talk about? Oh, well, we went to Tommy, so go. Let's go to another Tommy, right? Twirling Tommy, <laughs> twirling Tommy Lee Jones. No, I'm just kidding. Twirling Tommy Lee from uh, Warrant. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> from Motley Crue so I mean uh is he the most different sounding drummer ever in the world let me think about it (laughs) I'm gonna go with no no he is not but he's definitely a showman yeah and he can do so many things while he has to be playing the drums so that's what actually puts him up there he's got the 360 kit as well it it flips it I think it does um jumping jacks while (laughs) he's playing it too well they really I mean they really made it they really tried to make the rock show like a show. Yeah. Like an experience. I yeah. mean, they literally put him in a cage and just had him <laughs> twirling around while he's playing the drums. Right. And he's still doing the drum flip stick flips while he's like upside down in the air. Exactly. Like that shit's crazy. Yeah. This is Motley Crue, just in case you didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, we had to, we, we got to shout him out for his uh, uh, showmanship and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Who else are we talking about? I'm Steven jumping Adler. all over the place. Yes. GNR. Oh man, now that's some drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really, really great. He had a really interesting feel yeah. to his drum style that they, you didn't really hear in a lot of other bands at that time. And when they replaced him, it wasn't really the same. Definitely, for sure, for sure. Like, there's nobody different. And then that's where you know that it's like your drummer makes a difference yeah like 100%. you know because i knew i was just a kid and i knew like the difference and like he wasn't even one of my favorite people in the band like mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and then he was gone and i still didn't even care visually that he was there or not but i heard it like right, you know right. so that's crazy yeah yeah and that's that's the other thing is like because the way that the drummers are treated they just put them in the back and you don't really think about them that much so mm-hmm. visually you wouldn't be like oh well there's another guy all the way in the back on the kid oh this i don't like this band anymore <laughs> you know what i mean right if you get a different singer or a different league like if slash quits you're just like what the fuck man <laughs> correct <laughs> you know what i mean but that's a whole different story um lars lars we'll talk about Ulrich. lars real quick of course i think this is so funny that he's like the most hated drummer on the internet why (laughs) it's so funny because he i mean again he's not the craziest drummer but he does what he needs to do and he has an interesting style like you know that it's him Mm -hmm. like he always the way that he always hits the cymbal on the offbeat Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it never hit it but but no he'll be like but but boom like right after yeah you know what i mean so he has an interesting style but people just love to hate on them because i guess 
I don't know. They just think that he's not as good as the rest of the people in that band. I, yeah, I don't know what it is, but I love the drums in Metallica. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is a great um, moment to say what's old is new again, because mm. it, Lars grew up listening to a lot of jazz. He came from a very artistic family. He's one of those other um, kids that didn't know that other people didn't do this, constantly right, listening right. to music all the time. And lo and behold, he becomes the metal drummer. Like, you know, so straight up the alley that... We expected it to go to if if you had to stand outside of music and look at it. Right. He's perfect for that. So that makes sense. Leave him alone, y'all. I still think it's funny. But <laughs> I mean, of course. <laughs> every Metallica video, y'all don't know, if y'all don't know, every pretty much any Metallica like music video, you'll see comments like Lars is garbage, <laughs> Lars is the worst, blah 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 blah, and it's just. It's almost like, I don't even know if they're serious or if it's just kind of like an inside joke. It might be you know by I mean? now. Like, I, just, I still think it's funny, but yeah. we got to shout him out. Yeah. Obviously, he had a big influence in music to going forward. Yes, and the hardest kind of music ever. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, not to sound too crazy, but I'm sure pretty many murders were committed to their music. <laughs> gotta kill them all. I gotta kill them all. Not like that doesn't sound different than rap music. I mean, yeah. It's the same thing that happens, but I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, we're talking about one of the hardest groups to ever exist in music. They're hard fucking core. You know what I mean? Well, so, I just realized something at, literally right now as we're talking about this, because Metallica is thrash metal, right? Yeah. Which is basically like metal and punk combining. Yeah. So basically what Lars was doing was combining like the punk, almost like the Tommy Ramone style with the jazz that he grew up with. Yeah. I just kind of pieced that together right now. I think it's great art. I mean, I, I think that's just a classic band and they have such classic sounds and it's just yeah, like, yeah. you can hear it from the beginning, like the first album, like they set their classic tone then and that's why mm -hmm. I like to listen to the oldest albums for that reason. It's like, shit, man. They, they were, already knew. They were telling us yeah, then, yeah. you know? So yeah, those guys are true to themselves for real. 100%. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Any other 80s people that we should hit up? Oh, man, I'm sure. There's so many. Just tell us who we miss, guys. I know. Because now I want to get to a guy that we mentioned a little bit before. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in a band based off a ancient uh, Buddhist term that means enlightenment <laughs> <laughs> called Nirvana. Yep. And this is a man named Dave Grohl. Dave the Wave. And he beat the shit out of his drums. Oh, my gosh. If you could scare Tom Petty and have him turn around and be like, like oh, shit. <laughs> he thought it was a plane, basically. Yeah, yeah. Then you're the man. No, and it's really interesting thinking about how that worked in Nirvana as well, because Dave Grohl was from D.C., and D.C. has a real heavy, like, hardcore punk scene. Like, that's where, like, Minor Threat is from and, mm -hmm. like, all that shit. And, like, Henry Rollins is from there. Mm -hmm. So he came out of that scene, and then he got into Nirvana, which was, like, kind of punk but metal, but then also right. kind of pop in the way that, you know, Kurt... They developed after. Yeah, yeah, once they got to, like, their second album, the way that, like, Kurt wrote the song and structured him. Mm -hmm. And so it's really interesting, his style just, like, fit in there perfectly as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I like to think the beginning of uh, In Bloom. Do, 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 do. I mean, that's just insane. Yeah. And then he kind of, like, stops, you know, and then it goes into it. Like, I mean, Dave Grohl has one of the best sounding drum sounds i've ever heard like in my life like that was one of the first bands that i actually like listened to where everybody in the band was giving me what i needed like right, you know right, right. where i was just like wow i i love the bassist like i love the guitarist i mm -hmm. love the drummer like 
nice even uh showmanship there i feel yeah and he was a guy that really played drums with his whole body yes exactly you know? yeah you could see him like i when i think about dave playing drums i see his hair moving wild and i see yeah. his arms super bent and all, all extended yeah. like definitely like he winds up like he's gonna punch him <laughs> yep you know for sure for sure so yeah i mean one of the greatest sounding drums ever i would love um i guess sometimes he plays on the food fighters he plays drums once in a while but they already have a drummer but why would he want to do that he should get back there just shove that guy to the front well it's really funny because he has the talent and i think the first food fighters album was all him before he they had a band together so he dun, clearly has the dun, talent in the morning the next one yeah. <laughs> he could clearly be the drummer of the Foo Fighters if he wanted to. If he wanted to. But he's up front. He's singing. He's playing guitar. He's doing his own thing. Yeah. So no offense to Taylor uh, no, Hawkins. It is Taylor. It is Taylor. But yeah. if Dave Grohl wanted to play the drums of Foo Fighters, you'd need another job. I'm just saying. <laughs> and he's great. I'm not trying to say that he's not good. But, we like Taylor. But Dave is one of the best drummers alive. Yeah. And what's surprising about that is like, you know, we have really great artists that came after the 90s. I'm not saying that we don't, even though I find like the 70s are just a haven for like music. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, Dave is like one of those um, musicians that the old heads respect. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like when they want to hang out with him, that's just like great. Like you and, and you expect it because it's like, but it's just like crazy because it's like he kind of almost came out of my time. Like, you know what I mm. mean? And usually when I'm thinking about the best who ever existed, the best this is like, back. they died like yeah, before yeah. I was born. Yeah. Or they were, you know, super old by the time I was a baby or born or stuff like that. But yeah, but Dave is just like, damn, like, you know, he's like your uncle or cousin or brother like almost yeah, he's like, like, a cool he's like uncle. close to you in age and it's just like sheesh so yeah that's one great thing about him how heavy he hits i mean his foot his arms everything he throws his whole body into it and you hear it like mm -hmm. for real for real so he's one of my favorite absolute favorite too and seems like a heck of a nice guy too. he seems like a good guy yeah um who else um 90s oh i want to shout out so this is like, this guy is basically the drum hero of my generation. Like everybody that I knew growing up that listened to rock music, if they played drums, they wanted to be like Travis Barker. Yeah. It just is what it is. Yeah. And this guy, I read his autobiography. He was fucking wild because he literally, the first tattoo that he got was the huge checkered thing on his neck. <laughs> And his dad was like a military guy. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, I get it now. And Travis is like, I wanted to do this so that I don't have another option. I have to be a musician. Nice. So, and he was a guy that literally said, we were talking about Animal before from the Muppets. He was like, yeah, like I saw Animal and that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> so he was like, apparently, you know, he was one of those kids. He was growing. He was just always like hitting shit around the house, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And he was inspired by Animal to be a drummer, really. And yeah. he just... He was just the best of, of, you know, the things that I listened to growing up. It was like, who's better than Travis Barker? I know. I mean, uh, it's not just speed with Travis, too. It's kind of just like it's it's clean and it's neat. And that's the other thing about it. He's not um, he hits really heavy. He's not throwing out the arms too much. He's kind of more uh, centered once in a mm -hmm. while. Like you see him go out. It's not big curves. It's more like lines. But yeah. um, that's what I kind of see when I when I watch him play. But like somebody who's just so into his craft and like, you know, it's it's clear that he like would never put the drums down. No, not even for Courtney. Not even if he was in a plane crash. <laughs> it 
true. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But um, he also, so you know, we keep talking about like merging of styles. So he is like so good at not only like punk rock beats, but also hip hop beats. Mm-hmm. And that's why like to this day, like people, like a lot of rappers, if they want like a drum, like a live drummer, they'll go to him. Yeah. Because they know that he's going to hold it the fuck down yeah. and he's going to groove. Yeah. You know what sure. I mean? And so that's sure. that's really cool. I love seeing that. I mean, he did like a solo album where he basically did a bunch of songs with like a bunch of rappers, mm-hmm. which is cool. And he also produced like all of it too. But that's that's a whole different thing. But huge shout out to him. I saw them... When I got this shirt, uh, they played in 2016 in Tallahassee, Florida. And it's funny, I wasn't really too big into Blink when I was growing up, but I always knew that Travis Barker was amazing. But my bass player, my old band, was like the biggest Blink-182 fan I ever met. And Uh he loved them so much that it kind of rubbed off on me a little bit. Uh So we all went to see them. And it's like, what we always talk about, how the drummers in the back, they're not necessarily the most like look at me look at me kind of aspect of the band right so you had bleak 182 you got three people you got a bass player that sings you got a guitarist that sings and then in the middle you have travis i wasn't looking at the singers the entire time (laughs) i was looking straight at travis tom Tom wasn't there when i saw him oh um but i was looking at travis the entire time and he he's like a human metronome yeah it's fucking crazy he just never missed he was always on time he was always on point and like so heavy with it um, and also Chad Smith for the Chili Peppers. I was about to say, talking about hip hop and funky beats, we go into like Chad and we also go into like Questlove yes. from like, cause they're from the nineties too. Yes. And yeah, that kind of, that's that whole kind of conglomerate of the new old style of drumming, mm-hmm. right? That came kind of jazzy, punky and went into that a uh, little bit of bebop, right? Hard bop. A little bit. All little right. Bit. Got your improv in there. We're learning. <laughs> slowly but surely <laughs> but yeah shout out to chad because he's another i saw the chili peppers as well and i remember obviously everyone in that band is really good mm-hmm. but he was another person that i was like holy shit he is so much better live than i realized probably i can see that like i was watching him like he just does not he's never he was never off mm-hmm. he just held it down so hard and there was something about it that i was like this is one of the best drummers i've ever seen live like I could just feel it. I could believe that. You know, I could believe that he um reminds me of uh Stuart Copeland. Like I bet you he likes him a lot. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, they got to, got to. Yeah, but yeah. Um, and then so from hip hop going into kind of like a jazz hip hop thing, we've got Quest Love with this kind of rhythmic, uh, yes. syncopated. You could tell somebody studied a little Art Blakey, right? Mm-hmm. Just by the way he plays. One hundred percent. How he uses his body. So he's another one that like super influential. One because like in the hip hop game around that time, like hip hop had become so very hardcore, and a lot of the backpack rappers or conscious rappers, so you would call it, you know, were kind of like being phased out. But you had the Roots who had who held it down for uh philadelphia Mm -hmm. and it was the first kind of live band that you saw that could really rap and still be down like you know you didn't separate it into like an r&b or a jazz or a weaker type of form of hip-hop it was like right along with the other hip-hops charting just like them right and a lot of that had to do with instead of having the drum kit the drum machine you got the live drummer now and he could do anything during the show. You know, he could do anything he wants. It doesn't have to just go along the track. And he's in the studio actually mm-hmm. helping to write the music right. as well. And that's another thing. I mean, like, imagine, like, 
Like, they couldn't do that band without a drummer that was that good. Mm -hmm. Because especially in hip-hop, the beat is everything. Yeah. So it's like, you need that to, yeah. to be, like, the, you know, the engine for the whole group. Correct. Really. Correct. And it, it is really great seeing, like, because, um, yeah, like you were saying, like, it is live music. And a lot of people think of hip-hop and they think of drum machines. Mm -hmm. But that is clearly live music that is 100% hip-hop. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So that is, that is also a really cool thing. Yeah. Um, there, there are so many other drummers to mention but i don't know i want to shout out the um the rev from a ben sevenfold okay before he died um he was fucking wild yeah look up, i don't know look up some videos of him if you get a chance i don't know how familiar you are with him no but he was crazy like he oh i forgot to say uh, i'm pretty sure ginger baker was the first to do a double bass drum yeah which is huge in metal now and like because me thinking of the rev from a ben sevenfold he was all like so much double bass but like also like so many other things just watching him makes me exhausted yeah you know what i mean who's uh mayhem uh mayhem's drummer i forgot killhammer mm. there's somebody who's like really good i don't know if it was killhammer killhammer but i remember hearing him one time and he was really really good yeah um there's a lot of metal drummers that are really great out now but um I don't know. We're down into the 2000s, 2000s, and 10s. There's no good drummers in the 2000s. They <laughs> don't exist. Tell us who your favorite drummers are. I really like the Yeah, Yeah, Yes drummer. I think it's mm. great. Those are great hard-hitting sounds. Yeah. I love it. Like, you know, we were talking about those kind of like surfer, um, also like hipster downtown um, Manhattan kind of slaps that right, right. I just really, really enjoy. So, I mean, of today, I'm going to definitely say it's the Yeah, Yeah, Yes drummer. And um, fuck, I wish I remembered his name, but the drummer from the Arctic Monkeys. Yeah, he has some. He has some really uh, cool, interesting beats that you wouldn't. Because he also brings almost a little bit of a hip hop style into it sometimes, but that's clearly rock music. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's cool. And then like, I don't know. I like the way that he uses the toms as well. And he sings. He does a lot of backing vocals. So I obviously I have respect to that. Mm -hmm. Like we mentioned. But, cool. man, I wish I remembered his name. I feel like a douchebag. I know. I know. There's so much to do. We need cue cards. We need a producer is what we need. <laughs> <laughs> we need to have, like, a post of cards just right behind this uh, fourth wall that you're seeing right here. We yeah, just every, we'll just make a big poster to put on the wall every time. <laughs> Don't forget to say, I love you, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, YouTube, and all the podcast services. You're the best. Give us some sponsorships. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, like I said, there's definitely people that we missed. Uh-huh. So tell us who we missed. Please. Give us all your love or all of your hate. We'll accept it. We will accept it. But we'll only return it with love. Yeah. Let me know about some female drummers. Oh, Sheila E. Of course. We didn't shout her out. Yeah, well, we got to shout out Sheila E. We love you. Oh, my gosh. I mean, well, her sound was just amazing. Uh, I shouted her out on the drumming video. Google yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah undisputed best undisputed drummers of all time or whatever we called it yeah she really stood out because she used to stand at her drum kit all the time yeah you know and she had that kind of syncopated sound as well um she used a little bit of a, like a steel pan once in a while kind of sound which is like really crazy and then also she's known for her flair too just throwing up the drumsticks spinning mm -hmm. around catching the drum while she's playing right she could do a split while she's playing the drums come on up wild <laughs> she's bad good god yeah um who was that guy that played with michael jackson his name was like sugarfoot something oh i don't know who that is. i've seen a lot of videos of him like doing like the old songs is, i'll see 
I've seen him on YouTube, like, doing the drum beats from, like, Smooth Criminal and stuff. And be like, this is what I did here. And I'm like, oh, this dude's fucking amazing. Sounds fire. Yeah, because when I think of Smooth Criminal, the drumming and that, like, flashing into that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's some good times. But, uh, yeah, tell us who we missed. We know that there's a lot of people. Um, Take it easy on us. We're trying, you know. Or don't. I don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) We don't try anything. But I, I think that's about it for now. Yeah. I think we covered a lot. So thank, that thank y'all for being here. That drums it up, Dan. That, that, a, <laughs> that about drums it up. <laughs> so thanks for watching. If you're on YouTube, thanks for listening. If you're listening on whatever podcast service. Again, if you like the podcast, subscribe. Mm-hmm. Go over to patreon.com slash musicmaniac. Tell us what episodes to do. Get your name read. Yep. Get our exclusive bonus content. Uh-huh. And until then... We're side after dark. We are. Thanks for being maniacs with us. Thank you.